Imagine a football platform where the world's best writers give you the real story about what's going on at United. Imagine no pop-up ads, no clickbait headlines and no ridiculous rumours to be let down by. You don't need to imagine anymore. Meet The Athletic. No ads, no nonsense, just football. Visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash United We Stand to start your 30-day free trial and get 50% off your annual subscription. The Athletic, the new home of football writing. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. And with Banana Bob is someone who I first read about in Bill Bufford's book, Among the Thugs, which came out about 1989. Um, Bob, or Robert, his proper name, is uh, a Cockney Red, and he's got a book out um, called Cockney Reds, and he's a South London lad. I've known his name, I've seen him at games for a long time, and I thought he'd be an interesting person to have on this uh, United We Stand podcast. Thanks for joining us. Tell us, why does a lad from South London support Manchester United? And what was it like growing up? What, what era were you growing up in? Uh, well, I'm 69 now, so I was in my teens in the 60s. Not that interested in football, but I played a little bit. Uh, eventually, cut the lads from school, uh, couple of United fans, couple of Arsenal. I ended up going uh, October 65 to United Arsenal at Highbury. Uh, it just it's such an sort of exciting day and uh, with all the United fans in the North Bank and uh, just the whole atmosphere, just because at that time I was in the motorbikes and sort of in a biker gang. Uh, so you're in a biker gang in yeah. South London. Which yeah. part of South London were you from? And you weren't, you weren't really into football until you went to see Manchester United. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wasn't really into football that much. So, so this is 65, just before I left school. But uh, So I wasn't riding bikes till sort of a year later, until I was 16. But uh, I lived like Sutton's, South London, Surrey. And uh, I just, I don't know, I just... Uh, Joined the experience so much that we started first couple of years just go to London. United were in London, and then first time I came to Manchester was Arsenal again in 1967, and then I'd go to Southampton, Ipswich for other games. I came to Gornick against United in the European Cup, Uh, AC Milan in the semi-final was 69. So a few lads from RMR used to go, and then just. As the late 60s and early 70s progressed, I met a few more lads from my way. Then I met some other lads. I went to Houston to come up to a game probably very early 70s, 70, 71. Met a load of lads, a couple of lads from Mitcham, which is near where I live. They introduced me all these other young, like like the hooligan mob that was on the train. There was, there was lots of people, different people, all sorts. Plus some of our friends who didn't support United supported other teams would come around for a for a good day out and um, it progressed from there so why um, what was the attraction with Manchester United was it George Best was it Law was it Charlton why not you know, Chelsea why not Why not Tottenham Arsenal no, exactly uh, people have asked me that of course it was Best Law and Charlton and uh, I think for most people like Best is the best player Charlton a bit, bit of a fuddy-duddy, but Law was my hero, like most people. So that was the attraction and the attacking football. But it was the atmosphere the fans created. It was different to... Because we used to go to Palace now and then, which was far from us. 
and odd time to Chelsea. But the atmosphere up north is just much better. So it was just the excitement and the atmosphere. And then, then you know, when we got to know from about when I was about 20, got to know all the, you know, we used to get involved in a little bit of trouble, but we didn't really know anyone till maybe 1970. And then we got involved in a lot of trouble. And then we met all the lads. Then we met all the, we used to drink in a pub in Piccadilly, uh, not far from the station. And we got to know, you know a lot of lads. London lads or Manchester lads? Uh, combination. Um, as Tony would say in his book, Jeff Lewis was a big uh, inspiration. He was only a little small ginger lad, but uh, a little old man, slightly older than us. And there was big day from Warrington. There was a, you know, a lot of lads in these pubs. And in them days, you wouldn't get any away fans. We were in a pub, big mob of lads. London, London Manchester and, and other areas. And they were fine, they accepted you being a London United fan, it was no, no issues there? Mostly, but there's always people that are not going to yeah, like yeah. you, so you never, because some of the, as time goes on, some of the younger Cockneys didn't get on with some of the older Cockneys, and there's always some people who are not going to like you. So I know there's some people in Manchester didn't like Cockneys, so, but because possibly we put up a good show when it comes to uh, the aggro, that we were, you know, the ones like me hopefully we were better accepted because you know what we did did on the terraces or on the streets when did it start to become uh, when did the Red Army start to become hooligans when did it kick, start kicking off on a regular basis because it, it wasn't really in the 60s as far as I understand was it early 70s well when I first went to Arsenal there was a line of police down the middle I mean it kicked off there all the time there was a line of police down the middle and there was like Got mobs of them sort of tr- trying to break through to each other, but because I didn't know many people, didn't really get involved. But from when I knew everyone on the train from very early 70s, that's when it was sort of organised and we, we knew each other. We know, we'd, we'd know from the week before who was playing in London, to who might come to Euston or King's Cross, who might, London team might be going away. So we, we could, you know, we knew what we could be doing. So if Liverpool were in London, and would you go and meet him at Euston? How, how would it work? We'd always be looking for Liverpool and Leeds. You know, we were, I mean, because a lot of my mates at Chelsea, I wasn't too, wasn't really, because I live in a Chelsea area. But I did have the odd problem with a Chelsea fan, but mostly West Ham. We used to have a regular thing with Arsenal, because Euston's a sort of North London area. We used to come home early, mid, early to late 70s. Every week, or home and away, we'd regularly have a little dinner with Arsenal. Did, there was no mobile phones in these days. Did, did you know who your Arsenal equivalents were? Would you just suspect that they were in a certain pub? Uh, what would happen? Well, we, after a while, you get to know certain, certain people, and um, you, if there's a group of people, you'd, you'd recognise a few, and some of the other lads would know... You know some of them lived in North London area, so they would know some of them. So you'd know... You know um, you know, they would have probably more blacks than we had and things like that. So, you know, same as like we have with United City in town, you know, or when we used to go, when I was a young lad, we used to go to Croydon and we used to go in these clubs and we'd have a, like big battles in Croydon as a kid, as in the book, um, as a kid, say, 19, 20. But it was similar, you know, I think you'd, you'd know a few people. So if you didn't recognise one or two, you knew it wasn't your... And, and they would know that you were the Cockney Reds, Man United. Yeah, I mean, they... They knew that uh, over the years that people travelled from Euston or Kingston, wherever, either Manchester or Yorkshire. So they would um, sometimes, 
if they were away from home, they may try and have a little look at us. Or when you say have a little look, if they see you, yeah. what what then happens? You attack them. Yeah, I mean, they'd, we'd, with Arsenal regularly, they'd be sort of in the foyer of the station, so we'd end up going outside with them and be having battles outside. What sort of numbers? Fists only? Mostly fists. I mean, people would throw the odd bottles and things. It wasn't, yeah, not really. I, mean, I used to have a lad from Mitchum who come with us who was, he was quite regularly sold up. But mostly, you get a few people with weapons, but, um, yeah, mostly up and down the streets of whatever was available, really. I mean, I've never taken a, a weapon to football, so... But um, And you buzzed off it. We, we once ran a, an article in United We Stand about hooliganism. And it was called Looking for the Perfect Buzz. If you'd had a good day out, was it a buzz? Yeah, I mean, this would happen whether we won or lost. It didn't. It wasn't. This was a, a buzz, whatever, a side of the football. The football was an extra. And there would always be people who say oh, they were hooligans, they weren't interested in football. But mo- most of us were... I'll say interested in football I'd watch the, watch the match and everything else but there were some who might especially maybe some of the ones who were our friends who belonged to support other teams would come for a day out so obviously they probably wasn't bothered but most of us were bothered about the football but we, we wanted to have a you know we didn't know any didn't know any better but um, we enjoyed we enjoyed the row that was part it had already been going on from we started, when we started going and that was just part of um our life really. Who were the where's the most dangerous place you went? Were you ever scared? <laughs> well, it's not necessarily scared, but um, you, you know, it depends how many of you are going. When we used to go to Liverpool, a lot of times the Manchester trains would come to Liverpool, but when they stopped going to Liverpool and you they went to uh, Edge Hill and we'd come out, it could be a little bit hairy because by that time some of them they would know who you were to a degree. So, were you going London straight to Liverpool? Just the Cockney Reds, or were you coming to Manchester first? The only time we went to, came to Manchester, well, I did, is the semi-final against uh, Everton at Good, at, uh, sorry, Liverpool at Goodison. 85. The, the day that Everton had to go to Villa Park to play Luton, and that was so we came to Manchester and uh, got a train, maybe 600 of us over there. As so I got some photographs of that in the tunnels, I stopped the trains. We, we, we came out, they tried to split us up, so first of all there was flares and things going off with the Everton fans, and then we got outside, and um, there was a few hundred Liverpool fans, but there was a lot of, of us, but, so it kicked off all the way, but unfortunately for me, I got arrested at the station, and I uh, didn't see the rest of the day, I went back to court, a few weeks later, I got remanded for a, about a month, and I went to court the day before high school which was probably fortunate for me, and I got a £100 fine, which, which I wasn't particularly doing anything, but with the police there, they didn't... They, they blamed you for coming because they said you're upsetting the Liverpool fans, so you didn't necessarily... You know, they were quite eager to arrest United fans and not home fans. As a Cockney Red, you, you're almost always in bandit country, aren't you? Because even though even in London, everyone would have hated you because you're Man United. When you're on the road, you know, you, you, you're a threat all, all times, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, there were obviously some people, uh, the people I did the book with, a couple of people wrote articles about they were a bit concerned coming on. They were concerned, but we, we relished it, really. So, you know, no, we didn't really get hurt. Obviously, could come unstuck. I'm not, I don't really, <coughs> right, book is saying, when we won every fight and this and that, but for, for the amount of people we had and for what we did, we did really well. 
But um, and why um, did you personally do well? Because you rose to prominence as one of the main Cockney Reds. Were, were you game? Were you just up for? Yeah, well, I, that's, near the front? that's what happens. I was always at the front, and that's what happens when you, you know, didn't particularly look to lead anything particularly. But uh, over the period of years, um, sort of people acknowledge that, and people tell you stories what they've seen you do, and you you, you barely remember it, and then uh, you realise. But it's never one person. You know, I'd never take the soul. You know, I had two or three good lads. If I steamed in, they steam in with me. So you weren't on your own. And then there was, you know, I've, just people who haven't really been involved in the book because it's a South London perspective, not a general. Because we've got a lot of lads, North London, St Albans, East, you know, different areas that have done done their bit. You mean so? So even within the Cockney Reds, there would be different groups. Yeah, because you know I know some of the lads you're talking about in in North London. Yeah. You wouldn't travel with them, or or you'd be mates with them, or, or not. Or... Well, well, the ones lot from like Steve from St Albans is a big, quite a big group from St Albans area in North London. Yeah, we if sometimes they would people would go on a train, sometimes they would drive, but generally most of the active people were on the train. For like, would you pay to get on the train? Um, at the beginning, there were, we, there were several, two or three different supporters clubs that we could pay, but uh, after I got, I got nicked in, I think, Derby in 76, and uh, Dobbin, it was a member of, one of run the London supporters. Mike Dobbin died yeah, 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Didn't miss a Man United game for, like, 30 years. Lovely fella, rest in peace. Good, good man, very good man, but uh, he got, Manchester United got in touch with him when uh, it was obviously publicised Derby away in... September 76, mass riots inside outside. We were in the Derby pop side, about 12 of us being stupid. And, um, 12? Yeah, yeah. About a dozen of us in, the, in, in their side of the pop side. Uh, then I had my shirt ripped off, we were fine. Got, got out, the police got us out, and then I got arrested at half time, let go at the end, and we went out the match. And uh, then there was a big riot, United fans went on the pitch, went on, and because I didn't know. And then the publicity the next day was a big riot. So when I went to court, everyone got put in prison. Everyone got three months. And you did? Yeah. Where did you That's serve that? Uh, three weeks in Leicester and a place called Randby, which is on the borders of Nottinghamshire in South Yorkshire. So I did eight, eight and a half weeks. And what was life away from football? What, what were you into? What were you doing? Uh, well... I worked in different jobs and then eventually I, I did work in an office for a while for British Rail but I, uh, I like the outdoor life so I worked on building sites and then eventually I, uh, I sort of did labouring but I decided I worked with some bricklayers and I thought well it's better money and not so hard so I've ended, I ended up uh, after I come out I come out I was in prison in the early 70s and after I came out I um, yeah, started doing bricklaying and that's what I've been doing since and what you do hang around with your mates uh, I used to work with lads I used to go out with in the evening go to pumps clubs you know general aggravation around where we lived nightclubs and different things so we we sort of you know you'd have a fight outside of football um, not often very rarely about football because we had all different mates sport with different teams and we're, where we lived normally you get on with each other I had a, probably a couple of different things People said something stupid to me, but you know, my, you know, we were friends with. We were, you know, if you live in the area, you support different teams, but you're all friends generally. Anyone get seriously injured? Well, anything that I saw. Well, yeah, several different things. I mean, I was uh, passed over when 
uh, when we went to West Ham in the cup and we got off the train before West Ham and just got outside the station. West Ham stabbed. They, they were really tooled up, probably about 250 of us. That got stabbed. And this was about eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, about yeah, yeah mid eighties. So you got off at Plasto, which is to, two stops before, before West Ham yeah, to walk around. Yeah, yeah to, to sort of come in a different way. Uh, they, either they had some of the use, or somehow they realised, and there were maybe forty of them, and they were really tooled up. So we got had to go back into the station, and uh, they were throwing bricks and all sorts of ammonia and things. Uh, we had two or three police that was there on there, but they were. They were crapping themselves. I was standing next to the police and they were shaking. So it sort of you know, went on for quite a while. We'd probably been better if we'd been able to all get out of the station because there's probably 250 or 300 of us, but uh, we couldn't get out. And uh, eventually more police turned up. It's just a normal... You know, but I've seen, uh, seen loads of different things. I mean, see a City fan get stabbed in the neck in uh, the two... I think the two all draw the first year we came back and we were in the Kipak side of the Kipaks. You know, I've, I've, you know, you could go on and... No. I mean, no one seemed to have died. When you see the, the knife crimes now in the in the city where you live, yeah. does it concern you? It would if I was younger and was going out and I had to walk around. <laughs> but I live in Surrey and I drive. Yeah, I think if you're young and you're on your feet and you're not driving, you've got more chance of bumping to some idiot or someone. It seems to be a lot of, like, gangs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had, you know, we, when I was younger... Before I sort of say early 70s, my area used to fight the area where I live now, Epsom. So it's so one area in Sutton. And it, but it was mostly fists and maybe baseball. And what's Epsom like? Is it a middle class area? Is it working class area? Yeah, middle to working class, yeah. You know, it's a very rich. Some of the areas are yeah. rich, yeah. It's nice. It's a nice area. Sutton's not quite so nice, but Epsom is a better, a better area. But for a couple of years, three years, I, I used to know some of the lads from the other side from work because they were building that. So I always used to know some of the opposition, but, um, you know, touch with, I didn't take, you know, I never got badly hurt over it, otherwise maybe I'd seek retribution. It was just a fun thing, but it was just a, a, general, a general thing that, because we didn't have a two o'clock at that time, not, we only had like about half eleven uh, closing on where we went to, so we didn't have the luxury of the late night till about 1972, 73. So we were in like dance clubs that was that were that finished out early. So there was not a lot else to do, but it's not an excuse. But that's the kind of you know like a, it's like the postcode thing they have now, but without people getting killed. Although in the book has got <clears throat> one night we I've been over Epsom for something. It was a burger store when we were driving back and uh, police started chasing me in a friend's car. The lad got stabbed about a mile from where I live now and uh, the lad came from Sutton the person who got stabbed came from Epsom and he got stabbed with a glass of blood he died anyway they were looking for, for people so they followed me but but fortunately but nothing to do with me they followed me took me to the police station all night but I it wasn't anything to do with me so they were they were odd incidents but not like nowadays you said of Mike Dobbin he was a, a lovely guy <laughs> Mike ran the, the London Supporters Club for, for a long time. Uh, what would Mike have thought of you? Because Mike was a very straight guy, wasn't he? He wasn't into the rowing whatsoever. No, I mean, he put up with us all. Um, and he used to sell us t- <coughs> tickets uh, for, for quite a while. He still sold my, the rest of the crowd tickets. But there was a t- Teresa, uh, 
Barney, who does the fans, his mother, there was another supporters club. Oh, we didn't pay. I mean, because they do so many, you know, like Jim with the train. There were so many on the train that, you know, if you didn't get a ticket, you wasn't bothered because 30, 40 people were out a ticket and they, they, they had trouble trying to, trying to find out who had a ticket. I've read a lot of the, the, the hooligan literature and people talk about the great battles. What was the greatest battle that, that, that you saw? God. I'm sure there have been uh, many. Well, tell me one where... It's been so many, but I mean, you know, Leeds or... We met the Leeds when we nearly won the league that year and we had battles all the way from... <clears throat> the station to outskirts of town and from the outskirts of town up to Ellen Road. <coughs> what, 92? No, no, not... No, um, no, under... No, when... Under sex... Was it okay. Under sex and when we had the whole side. Yeah. It, that was... Um, must have been in the 80s. Yeah, yeah we had a massive, massive turnout. But it's been, I mean... Somewhere nights in all... Um, <coughs> Luton were... When we were on that winning run of the 12... There was a massive sort of 10 minute battle outside afterwards. 1985, so. Yeah, when we Luton. lost. We drew the first time when we won 12 in a row. That's right. Yeah, it was a continuous battle. With Luton? With Luton. Well, not just Luton, because what happened, we, we went to St Albans because we got a lot of friends there the night before, and a lot of lads turned up lunchtime, and we went from St Albans to Luton, and they went through the Arndale, and they were, they were whacking all the anyone they see. So. Some people turned up outside the ground who weren't football fans, but once they thrown what they had, that was it. But it went it went on for quite a while. But so that was the year that Millwall went to Luton, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the bigger publicised and came out of yeah. their end and ripped yeah. all the seats yeah. out of the stands. <coughs> but I mean, we went on there. I think they were smashing shots. They were. We got through the police, but it was, it was there were thousands there. There was groups doing things everywhere. But I mean, well, I mean it's. Yeah, we went to Arsenal and McLean missed the penalty in the last minute. We had a massive mob and it was, it was chaos. It's too many, you know, for me to try and remember off my head. I mean, all the, all the you know, places like Newcastle or obviously Liverpool, Leeds. I mean, City, not really, because they never really <laughs> turned out. But uh, who did you respect of other mobs? I respect a lot of people because, you know, um, I'm not like one that said somebody's ones that have. They, they, you know, they bash everyone else and don't get bashed themselves. But you know, we know, you know, we, going to places like West Ham, even Millwall. Although we've had good results when we were there, you know, on the wrong day, you know, if you happen to the Everton fans the other day, you know, even you know, I've got a lot of Chelsea mates. There's a lot of, um, you know, if you, if there's only a few of you, and it doesn't always necessarily work that way, but if there's only a few of you, obviously, you go somewhere. There's a lot of other people. <laughs> you can um, come and start, but it's been times where I've been with a, a bigger mob and a smaller mob has got the better. It can work that way. Who, who got the better of Man United? <coughs> I've been at Wolves once, when I, but not with people I know. But I, when I was first going, a lot of, lot of uh, United fans, but not this is before I knew anyone. A smaller group of, of Wolves, like, like black lads, come along and um, scatter these United fans, but because normally United just just. Uh, <coughs> so, took so, the piss out of all so, in places really Wolves and Villa and, gave you a run and Br- but no, no Villa used to be our, our favourite place but never a lot of problem there Birmingham a bit gamer than, than, than Wolves um, 
don't disrespect anyone because Tottenham, Tottenham and Arsenal to a degree, but we used a uh, lot, of, lot of big mobs at uh, uh, both of them games. <coughs> so, you know, you know, I've had the odd hard time there, but... <coughs> Pardon me. And you were known to the police? Oh, yeah, I, I've been there um, several times. I was no, well known where I lived, and then I've been to prison about four times. This podcast is brought to you in association with The Athletic. What's on The Athletic this week? I went to London last Friday to see Michael Knighton, who signed a contract to buy Manchester United for £10 million in buying Martin Edwards' shares 30 years ago. He doesn't do many interviews at all, and I went to see him. And it's very interesting. I spent a couple of hours with him. So that's up. Um, Laurie Whitwell... Uh, did a piece on some of the new contracts expected for some of the young United players. Uh, Oliver Kay uh, has joined The Athletic as well. He's a very good writer, so he's going to be writing stuff. And I also went to see uh, Nemanja Vidic in in Milan. Uh, As I said in the last podcast, I'd, I'd gone to Rome at the weekend with Lazio's Ultras. Wow, that was interesting. Then I went to Milan to see Vidic, so... The Vidic stuff will be on The Athletic over the next week. Well, mostly for violence. Um, I got nicked in Holland on a pre-season. And I got nicked in... Um, well, in 80, October 82, I got nicked in Valencia. I did four and a half months in Spain when United played in Valencia. Because that was... There was a lot of trouble there. Lot, that, yeah, yeah, but I was really drunk. I was out... You know, not... A bit, bit stupid, really. I was out of it. And uh, I missed half the game drunk. I thought the game was over got in and we were sitting in amongst the Valencia fans and then someone phoned something at us we got up and because I'm like heavily towed the police came in and just the photograph well we've got in the Daily Star showed you <coughs> police came in uh, I'm handcuffed they, uh, they uh, beat me with truncheons when I'm handcuffed then and one had a one of the undercover ones had a gun it's clearly in the photograph um, so I spent four and a half months there and in the following summer I, we went to I don't know, it must have been a 14 tournament tournament in, in uh, Amsterdam and I got arrested twice. I got arrested in a bar, drunk, I broke something. When they were playing pool, I broke something from, with the pool ball. They paid for the damage, my friends. I, I got back t- to the bar, maybe 300 of us. They tapped the jewellers on the way to the ground. That helped ourselves some jewellery. I got nicked outside the ground. I don't know if it was fired or an Ajax in Rome. I'm not sure what the other teams were. But anyway, I got, it kicked off outside and then I got arrested again. Took me to the police station. They said to me, what, you again? <laughs> Same police station. They, so they kept me for about three or four days. But it was full up with United, full up with people I know like Roy Downs and all, all sorts of United. It was full up. I had a return ticket on the ferry, but they didn't let me go back to the ferry. They took money out of my property and paid for a single flight back and they deported me in handcuffs onto the plane embarrassing do you have any regrets would you do it again would you advise do you have children would them to do the similar things to what you did um I'd definitely do it again because you didn't know any better you it, it was you know you probably don't realise any harm you might be doing you know obviously the club will turn around and say this and the other but uh, you, you know, think it's, it's now, innocent fault no but you, yeah, but I mean now, you know, if I was a t- if we were somewhere and someone, we'd vigorously defend ourselves. But I don't go looking. Stop it. Obviously, there's still some, and some of these lads are not young. I mean, there's still people who, you know, so people I go with are 
not some big lads, but the lads I particularly go with now. But, you know, we don't, they don't look for trouble. We have a nice drink and a meal. But I don't regret anything. It's part of, necessarily part of growing up. That's part of how football was and part of the whole, what was happening in the country. And I've got to regret I jokingly said as well, I wish I'd done some more damage to some Scousers or Leeds fans, but, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say, really. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, like my, my... I've got a daughter, so, and I've brought her here, but, no, I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, I mean, probably um, I put work and things before football now, which I didn't before, and I'm more, to be honest, a bit more hard-working now, and probably I would recommend that more to anyone. <laughs> so to a young lad... To... Maybe work hard before the football. It's totally different now, isn't it? The, the surveillance, the security. It, it would be very difficult if you wanted to do what, what you did and, you could, and get away with it. You, you couldn't really. I mean, you can get followed. In London, you could be followed back to your... Well, not where I live, maybe in Surrey, but you could be with the cameras on the trains and everything. <coughs> and they can follow you a long way. So, yeah, it, very difficult. I mean, they did have a little pop at Leeds about three years ago in the city of London, but pubs and things are cameraed. You know, you are risking getting banned and getting you know it's, it's nothing like years ago you know I'm not particularly that tall or anything so I could merge in a crowd Egypt. a lot of the best people if you were too big you would have stood out too much but yeah you now it's a completely you you have to I mean I went to the, the city the semi-final and there was a lot of trouble there but I'm, 2011 yeah, at Wembley yeah you know city fans got anyone who tried to go down Wembley way and I got they just don't publicise it now either and uh there was all kinds of chaos at Wembley Way and police got attacked and everything. And because now they don't pub- you know, they don't want to publicise it for anyone to maybe... Be attracted to the publicity. Yeah, exactly. I can remember that day clearly. And I know there was trouble there, but I can remember two groups of lads from Manchester, City and United, a, a dozen on each side, Andy lads, and they're both basically saying to each other, come on then. But they knew that whoever threw the first punch, they were being watched. So the others could act in self-defence. And there was this standoff, and they were a metre or two apart from each other. And none of them were prepared to break that, because then they'd probably be nicked and they'd be the first to be charged. I found it, I found it fascinating, because the group's really hard lads. You could just see, and none of them were... And I'm sure that... Had that been a decade or two earlier, they would have just flown into each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I see some days... When we were by the bridge where Wembley Station, where people were coming off drunk and that, and they were just attacking each other, you know what I mean? It was, they were, knew that it was obviously going to get nicked. We were just watching it all. And they did get nicked. Okay. But what, what happened, well, we met up uh, in by, by Wembley Central, the city area, a really big... But 400... But we went in the city... Not the city area, we went in the city pubs. There were no city fans coming, but... After a couple of hours, the police sussed out we were United fans because no one had any colours on. So they marched us down the back of Wembley, round the backside of Wembley, into a bar that was down a little road, and they had us blocked in there until about half an hour before the kickoff. But I was with a very handy group. But we, and of course, when we got brought down the road, they were surrounded by it took ages and horses and police. The city fans are getting mouthy, but uh, you know, I don't rate city at all. Obviously, if I live there, you know, different. But when we used to go, you know. It's different over the years now with the police and everything, but when you could have a fight, they never... Someone in their book said he didn't rate the Cockneys, well, I thought, I never rated them because they never turned up at Main Road, so, uh, you know... <laughs> I've read different accounts of that semi-final in 2011, and 
there was a consensus among straight City fans that United hooligans were out whacking innocent people. That wasn't the done thing among you lads, was it? You, you'd search for your equivalents who wanted to fight. Yeah, I mean, after it doesn't take long, after a few years, you wouldn't necessarily know everyone, but I said, like, same as recognising someone at Houston, you knew, you had the sense, you feeling who the hooligans were. So, yeah. No, obviously, so if, you, you have, if you were not an hooligan, you could just turn around, walk away, and you weren't a threat. Usually, obviously, there's. Some, some completely innocent people would get hurt. It's impossible for not to. But, um, you know, then there's always some people... A bit, not everyone in the mob will be up front. And some have been in the middle and some in the back. So there's always some more people who are not to game or a bit more cowardly who want to put a boot in on someone in the deck or attack innocent people. Or if you've got the right up and, you know, and something happened like the other night too. I don't know. There'll be people... That they can't find anyone, and anyone will do. But in general, we we start to our known enemies. If, if if you know, what I mean. So I, w- I stood outside the city end um, for the Manchester derby recently, and you could see people, city fans, getting more confident as they got towards the turnstile and got louder and louder. And when they were by the turnstile, surrounded by the police, they, they were even louder. So there was a lot of bravado there, and. Then you get someone who'd had a few just starting from the top of the forecourt. They would have just been whacked in days gone by. They're, 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 I've never seen a mob of City fans walk down Warwick Road and try and do anything. And we've been over Hume, go to the ground, the, the Blue Moon Shop, all round, all round the grounds. They used to, as far as I know, they used to look at Derby away. They used to go home and then come out, open the Cockneys and the other non-manks would be going home and then they could have a, may have a pop, uh, maybe even numbers, or try and catch be a bit sly and catch a few people and that was their game like the different as far as I can see but in, 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 here I mean we, we called them in a cup game years ago when was it Rosler scored and we got a dodgy penalty and we beat them in a the cup that was years maybe in the uh, uh, late 80s we caught them in a pub miles away we used to have a few spotters going out and um, we, we, we can't remember it was pub it was over over the other side of you and we they, they didn't ever I've never seen a group of City fans walk down they go out and they go there and try and confront United fans ever in my life. And not been to every game, but... <laughs> so you've done the book. Why did you do the book? Oh, a lot of people have been asking me for years. Uh, my f- family, my, my wife wasn't happy because um, didn't want my name involved in on the thing because she's quite... For her side of her life and business, she was concerned, you know, of anything. But I said, look, I've not been too uh, detrimental to anyone else. I've not been, you know, abusing too many other people but a lot, I've been asked for a long time and um, and I don't know I just thought maybe it was time it'd probably been easier to do it a few years ago because I say most people I know like we don't all live near each other we're greater London and home counties so it's been it's taken over two years it's been quite difficult a, bit, a little bit of a chore then and also the outside the outside of life and obviously there's a lot more I can inside football and outside there's more I could have said but I have to be careful uh, especially <clears throat> I've been involved in a lot of um, outside football a lot of uh, villainy and things and, I, and so there's a lot of nasty really nasty things that uh, I can't really talk about could involve even if I don't mention the names it could still be you mean back. serious villainy yeah yeah you know um, people dying and things like that so uh, I've had to sort of 
limit more about the football. Yeah, I mean, I've done the general thing about when we were young and what we do, nightclubs and but but I've left the the more serious things out for the sake of my my sake as well as um, the people involved. Thank you for your time. When's the book out? What's it called? This is Cockney Reds, Manchester's Army from the South, and uh, published by Milo Books. Thanks for joining us. Right, you're welcome. Thank you very much.